Good morning. Our message for today is entitled, Slaying Our Giants, or Fighting Our Giants. Giants could be lots of different things. They could be uh, challenges that you have. I call them mountains. I call them trials, tests, obstacles, difficulties. Um, one I'm going to probably uh, refer to mostly is temptations. You ever been tempted? You ever had to fight a temptation? Now I was just thinking. I was sitting here. I didn't have it in my in my notes, but we all have different giants. We, we all have one giant's the same. We're going to talk about the devil, of course. We all have different giants, and um, some of us have overcome some of our giants. But we need to be tolerant of those who haven't overcome those giants, don't we? That's right. And uh, we're going to talk about judgment here in just a second. But um, we all have different different kinds of giants. They might be physical, you know, physical, mental, and spiritual uh, beings. And I like to think social and uh, emotional as well. Uh, for physical beings, uh, maybe health is a, some health issues might be your giant. Some people are addicted to uh, uh, drugs, alcohol, uh, tobacco. Some are addicted to food and uh, different things. It might be some mental giants in your life. Depression, jealousy, envy. You might have some uh, economic Giants in your life, money. We just heard a, heard a story about a lady who was being challenged um, with uh, lack of money, how how she might have it or get it, or and just just in our life, our general social life, uh, friends that uh, are even our enemies, and of course in our spiritual life we have temptations like having uh, issues with honesty and truth, uh, judging others again. Lusts of any kind, just all kinds of, all kinds of things. And uh, as David went against Goliath, and uh, what we're going to be studying today, uh, our Goliath is is some of these things. But they all, all evil, all challenges come from where? What source? Satan. Satan. That's our, that's our biggest, biggest Goliath in our lives, and his angels. And as we saw, see the uh, Goliath taunting. The Israelites, the devil's taunting not only us, but through us he's taunting God and uh, with his temptation. So we're, we're having to do battle every single day with uh, all the other things as well as, as uh, the temptations from the devil. Let's start with prayer. Amen. Hey, Father, uh, as we uh, think about the uh, giants in each one of our lives, they're different for each of us. And... Uh, we are battling these uh, giants. We've battled some of these giants and have overcome them, but we still have many giants still to to fight. And, of course, we ask that you, through the Holy Spirit, will be able to do that. And through the story of David, maybe give us some insights, some ideas to help us as we battle each day the giants in our lives. Amen. Amen. Um. We're going to turn, you're going to be in 1 Samuel mainly, mostly. And uh, we want to read parts of 1 Samuel to start out with. This is the story of David and Goliath. But the emphasis 
we want to put on this is not maybe how uh, Brother Steve here did it when he caught up in the uh, slingshots and the rocks and doing battle with the giant. We want to zero in on how David was able to accomplish what he accomplished. So we want to zero in on David and his his mind, what was what was happening in his life and in his mind, if you don't mind us doing that. So let's start with uh, 1 Samuel. We're going to read verses 1 through 8, and then 17 through 51. It's quite a bit. Uh, I've been known to read fast. So, huh? Oh, I'm sorry, 1 Samuel 17. My bad. 1 Samuel 17. I've been known to read fast, so put your uh, high-speed ears on, and I'll try not to read too fast. But we're going to read through it without comment. Then, then we'll uh, comment on these things. We want to get the story back in our mind. And as we read again, keep in mind David's uh, what's going on in David's mind, how he's what he's thinking as well here. Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle and were gathered together at Shokcho, whatever, which belongs to Judah and pitched between Socho and Azekiah and Ephesimenon. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched in the valley of Allah, Ella, and the set in the battle array against the Philistines. So you got these two armies, one on one side, one on the other. They're just they're ready to go. They're just kind of looking at each other. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. And he had a helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass, and he had greaves of brass upon his legs, and a target of brass between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron, and one bearing a shield for him went before him. And he stood and cried into the armies unto the armies of Israel and said to them, Why are you come out to set your battle in array? Am not I a Philistine and ye servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. So they were going to try to uh, end this little battle one on one. That's what he was suggesting. Now, now did you see the appearance? What do you have on? He was armed from what? Head to toe. Uh, and he's tall. I think I read in the in the uh, one of the books he was over nine feet tall, over nine foot tall. Is that a giant? Not only he's big, he is he he's uh, got uh, armor on. He is protected, so you can't do anything to him, but he can do an awful lot to you. And I believe David's maybe what a teen, an older teenager at this time. Not, not even a, a fighter as such. And we will find out a little bit differently with that. So that's, uh, that's uh, the physical appearance there. Very uh, daunting task. Let's uh, skip over 17. I, some of these things I didn't want to read, but we'll get it here. Down to 17. And Jesse said unto David his son, Take now for thy brethren and Ephaphath this parched corn and these ten loaves and run to the camp by thy brother. And carry these ten cheeses to their captain to their thousands and look 
how thy brethren fare and take their pledge. Want to find out how his sons are doing? He's sending them some food. Might not have enough. Big old strong guys. Now Saul and they all of the men of Israel were in the valley of Eli fighting with the Philistines. And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with the keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he went to the trench as the host was going forth to fight and shouted for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had put the battle in array, army against army. And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage, ran into the army and went and saluted his brother. Now it sounds like they were fighting, right? They weren't. They were just getting ready to. So he's able to go in and talk to his, his brothers. Um, and as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words, and David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man has come up, that has come up? Surely to defy Israel he has come up. And it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make him and make his father's house free to Israel. Saul has is asking people to go out and and take care of Goliath, and he's even giving them some inducements. Be rich and they'll be related to the king. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killed the Philistines? Take away the reproach from Israel. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? The people answered him after this manner, saying, So shall it be done to the man that killeth him. And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, why comest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart. For thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. Older brother's not, not very appreciative of it. And David said, what have I done? What's, what, what's the reason? What's, is there not a cause? Why, why are you telling me? And he turned from him outward uh, toward another and spake after the same manner, and the people answered him again after the former manner. And when the words were heard which David spake, they rehearsed them before Saul, and he sent for him. Now, uh, kind of reading into this and, and getting from Patriarchs and Prophets, which we're going to be reading from mainly, as well, not mainly, but uh, evidently he's told them that he might be willing to uh, take on Goliath. And uh, he's, he's, some of these guys go to Saul and tell him. And David uh, said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote him, and slew him. Thy servant slew both the 
lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, the Lord be with thee. And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put on put an helmet of brass upon his head, also armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. And David said, him, David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them on. Saul had no idea what David was going to do, did he? But he figured he needed some, uh, needed some armor, some protection. Well, he had the brass helmet just like uh, Goliath. He had the mail, coat of mail just like Goliath. He, was... he, he said, uh, no. And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had been had even in a scrip. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. The Philistine came out and drew near to David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he was dis- he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. The Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh into the fowls of the air and into the beasts of the field. Then David, then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day to the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Amen. Sounds a little braggadocio, doesn't it? Amen. Now, in sports, they tell you, don't give the uh, opponent anything to feed on. They don't say, don't say anything in the newspapers. Don't, don't say anything that's going to get them, give them extra reason and energy to, to beat us. But uh, David, he's got this giant and he's, uh, he's talking to him like, you know, and all this the assembly shall know. Now here's why he says it. They will know that the Lord saveth not with a sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's. And he will give you into our hands. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his his hand into his bag and took thence a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in his forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. 
Therefore David ran and stood on the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheep therefore, thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. We're going to stop there a little bit more. But uh, uh, we're going to look at some things now. We've read it. And, of course, I don't think you have memorized. Most of us just remember the uh, uh, sling and then David going down. But uh, there's a lot more to the story than that. And uh, we're going to uh, try and find some things that will help us to fight our giants by looking at what David said and did. And we're going to kind of follow the sequence in Patriarchs and Prophets. Okay? I got nine lessons or nine ideas that I want to share with you. Number one, remember this is David now. He is a child of God, and we're going to we're taking it from that that perspective. He had instruction and in studying God's ways. We need to study the instruction in God's ways. Patriarchs and Prophets, page six forty three says he David had been instructed in the way of the Lord. Now he set his heart more fully to do the will of God than ever before. He made a firm decision. He wanted to follow God and do what God had said. You have here Goliath doing what with God? The God of David. He's defying him. He's, he's talking bad about it. And David says, I've studied about God and this is... Uh, I want to... I want to... Uh, be on God's side and defend His His name. And several times He said, I come to you in the name of God. This is God's people. He used past experiences with uh, what we'll call temptations or challenges to help him to, uh, to know some things. He fought a lion and a bear. What would it, I know what I'd do if I saw a lion or a bear. I'd run. It takes one little lamb from the uh, flock. What's one little lamb going to do? I'm going to hurt it. But I guess his righteous indignation rose up and he went and with the help of uh, God slew the lion and the bear. Patriarch's Prophets, page 644 says, His experience in these matters, lion and bear, proved the heart of David and developed in him courage, fortitude, and faith. Amen. Courage uh, to me is uh, when you see something that uh, looks like it could overwhelm you, you have courage. Go ahead and do what? Get it head on. He had fortitude. Fortitude means he kept his uh, spirit up from start to finish. He didn't let it go down. And of course, faith is, is probably the main one. Not in himself, but in in God. And we'll, we'll get into that area just a little bit more. Uh, Ellen White's told us to remember how God has led in the past so that we have no fear of the future. So his experience has helped him. I'm sure he talked to other uh, other uh, shepherds and he knew, knew uh, some of these things. So remember how God has helped you in the past when you've slain some of your giants. Doesn't that help? Remind yourself, God gave me the victory over that. He can give me the victory over whatever giant you're uh, fighting right now. 
it would seem that that is, is the way it should work and that we should uh, have more more strength and be better able to fight those giants. Uh, they tell me in, in science that uh, you have muscle memory and that you have uh, nerves that just fire on their own. How many of you uh, have to watch yourself uh, tie your shoe now? You know, I'm sure they had the rabbit thing. I don't know if you ever had that when you were growing up. You have to say that uh, every time you tie your shoes, or can you tie your shoes in the dark? Yeah. You know, it's, it's the same way. It's, uh, we, we, uh, it should help us to, to be able to maybe have an automatic response. God has led us so much that we can use that. Amen. We are part of God's plan in this world. We're not our own. Things happen to us uh, that hey, there's usually a reason, a reason or another. Again, we're going to go to Patriarchs and Prophets, say page 645. But unknown to Jesse, the youthful shepherd had been entrusted with a higher mission. The armies of Israel were in peril, and David had been directed by an angel to save his people. Amen. Um, there may be a, like I said, there may be a reason God has for that. And it could be more than just directed at you personally. It could, as we'll talk about, uh, could be for others. Let's go to uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, For I know the thoughts that I have toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, and not of evil, to give you an expected end. God, God has a has a plan for us. He's we're in His thoughts. He knows. There's a quote in my Bible that comes right after this verse, and it's from Patriarchs and Prophets as well, page one twenty nine, different from a different story. But it says God permits trials to assail His people, that by their constancy and obedience, they themselves may be spiritually enriched and that by their example may be a source of strength to others. Amen. The very trials that task our faith most severely and make it seem that God hath forsaken us are to lead us closer to Christ and that, uh, that we may lay our birds at His feet and experience peace which He will give us in exchange. That's right. So David was there. He had the army of Israel with him. And he was going to be an example to them as well as to uh, do what God had for him to do. Now, can you find another person's battle? No. But can they gain something from you the way you have fought your battles in the Lord? Right. Uh, Saul tried to give him his armor. He said, this is not this is not me. It doesn't fit. It's not, you know, it's it's not good. I can't fight with your your armor. And of course, we know the armor of God, which we're not going to read about. But uh, we have to have our own relationship with God as our armor. We can't can't do it on somebody else's. But we can be an example of others. Help them. All right. We do want to defend God's name. In verse twenty six, we read uh, where David asked, "Who is this uncircumcised Philistine?" That he should defy the armies of the 
living God. He was more concerned about God and God's good name. And we want to defend God's good name. Uh, page 645, Patriarch of Prophets says, He was fired with zeal to preserve the honor of the living God and the credit of His people. Yeah. Now Israel, what was what was their, their task? What was Israel's task in the larger world view? To show? Be witnesses for God. And therefore they would draw other nations to God. Okay? And uh, this was kind of the idea here. An attack on God's people is an attack on God himself. He's made us. We're in his image. And uh, we're not only preserve our own uh, personal honor as Israelites, but defend God's honor. Now, when a um, Christian fights the good faith, fights that giant, he may live or he may die fighting. But um, there are always people observing. Did you know that? You're being observed everywhere you go and what you do. And I get reminded of that every once in a while. That wasn't a very good Christian thing to do, I'm told. So uh, we've got to be careful who we have, have fighting with us. But the early Christians, uh, you remember they were being tortured and killed. And one uh, ancient, as we call them, a uh, historian wrote down that as the uh, these Christians were being uh, martyred, they were seeds. And those seeds were growing more Christians. And the Christian church was not getting smaller, but getting bigger. So um, we can do that too. So we wanted to thank God's good name. Number six, if you're trying to keep the numbers up, don't listen to negativity. What was negativity there uh, as we read? What was David's... Where was negativity coming from? Brother. His brother. His older brother. Now, Patriarchal Prophet talks a little bit about that Eliab was a little jealous of David. And I don't know if David... I don't think David bragged about coming to Baron Lion, but he was... I don't know. Sort of like Joseph. Remember Joseph? Story of Joseph. He, he's just telling the facts and and I don't know if Eliab was a little envious and jealous, but he got mad at David. Figured David was just coming to get more attention. And so negativity obviously comes from the devil, but it can come from people such as even friends and family. And so we can't let others keep us from following our convictions and to... Uh, you know, give excuses like, oh, you can't do that. And, you know, it's, it's impossible to keep the commandments. Nobody can do that. Nobody's perfect. You know, don't try whatever. Number six, it, it, it's kind of similar, but practice and prepare before the battle. Now, did the Israelites know they were going to battle? Yeah. Yep. So they, they got there, right? Well, David had a sling. And he would uh, use that sling, and he became very proficient in that. He learned from his experiences, we've already said, with the, um, the bear and the lion. So he's done some things. He's, he's talked, to, talked to other um, shepherds and, and learned what they might uh, 
he might face. So he's he's practiced and he's preparing for what might uh, come up. And uh, we already mentioned that he studied God's word, and uh, he's he's ready for that too. So uh, we memorize text, read the Bible. Christ did battle with the devil in the in the wilderness with what? What were the words? It is written. That's what we need to do. Let's turn to John fourteen twenty six. John fourteen. 26, what it says. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you the things, teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So if you go into battle, you've prepared ahead of time, and at the right time, right place, the Holy Spirit's going to help you to. Remember what you need to say or do. And I want to add to this, this is not in the Bible or anything, this is what I, I tell people and I try to tell myself. Stay away from certain parts of the battlefield. Generals, do they use do they do frontal attacks always? They just go boom. They do flanking, don't they? And they drop men behind the lines even. There are, are different ways. And you sometimes don't want to go do a frontal attack. But the uh, idea there is um, stay away from some situations. Where would an alcoholic not want to go to? A bar. A bar, right? Where would somebody uh, fighting uh, obesity want to stay away from? The candy aisle, <laughs> in my case. <laughs> well, whatever. You don't want to put yourself in a situation where uh, you want to do that. Uh, what? Yeah, most restaurants. Uh, nowadays, the big thing to stay away from is computers. Computers. A lot, a lot of things. Stay away from. So, know, know your limitations, I guess. Uh, I got out here to, uh, I call it, keep it simple. He didn't have on uh, the armor of Saul. That was... That's pretty big and strong, right? What was his? Uh, what did he use? Sling and five smooth stones from the brook. He, he didn't have a big old sword. Say so he had no sword at all. He didn't have any armor. He just used uh, his five stones and his his sling. Uh, we've done this one before, but uh, just repeat it. We simply need to go to God in best best. Defense and offense for yourself is prayer. In First Thessalonians five seventeen, Paul tells us we had this earlier in the Sabbath school lesson. Pray without ceasing. Talking about fortitude, right? Keep keep going, keep fighting. And let's go to we. I'm pretty sure I got this one right. Ephesians six eighteen. This comes after the list of the pieces of armor. This is what God tells us after all the, after Paul has uh, listed all the pieces of armor. Says you have all this armor, but what's the, in my Bible? It says above all. What's that mean? Above all, most important, most important 
taking the shield of faith, or, uh, that's uh, 16 says above all. Okay. But number 18 says, pray always with prayer and supplication of the Spirit, and watching therefore with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. We're in this battle too. Together. We're not praying just for ourselves, we're praying for everybody. Everybody else is in this battle. Uh, my eighth point here would be don't weaken. Talk about fortitude. Be confident and meet your giants head on. Head on. Um, I want to read something here directly from uh, a page of some prophets. Uh, this is page 647. Starting there, it says, David did not weaken before the champion of the Philistine. We've read what he looked like. Big, huge, protected. Stepping forward, he said to his antagonist, Thou comes to me with a sword and a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day into the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, and that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with a sword and spear. The battle is the Lord's, and he will, not, he will give it into our hands. There was a ring of fearlessness in his tone, a look of triumph and rejoicing upon his fair countenance. What did he already know, evidently? He knew God was with him, but he also knew what? He already knew he'd won the battle. Isn't that nice? No going in, you've already won. This speech given in a clear, musical voice rang out, out on the air and was distinctly heard by the listening thousands marshaled for war. The anger of Goliath was roused to the very highest heat. In his rage, he pushed the helmet that protected his forehead and rushed forward to wreak vengeance upon his opponent. The son of Jesse was preparing for his foe, and it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in the forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the earth. David was confident. He knew that knew God. He was prepared. He, he had all these experiences. And he was there. Now number nine may not sound like it's, uh, uh, it's doable or anything, but some of these giants, you just need to get rid of them, right? End them. And, and we've done that with some of the giants in our lives. Things that used to be giants are no longer there. I, I guess the Bible suggests that he was dead. Uh, I know he was at least stunned or unconscious, but it seems to suggest that he was dead. And because First Samuel, we're going to read First Samuel seventeen fifteen seventeen fifty one says, therefore David ran 
and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath, that is, the Philistine's sword, thereof, and slew him and cut off his head therewith. Was there any doubt that he was dead? It was, he was done. Goliath was done. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. Not only was uh, David's battle with Goliath over, basically the whole arm, the whole gathering there was uh, done with. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil. You can say it with me if you want to. And he will flee from you. That's what we're working, right? We want to slay the giants. We want to get rid of them. We want to, we want to end it. The final end. End we all have many giants in our lives. God is stronger than any of our giants. Amen. And if uh, we can use some of these things, put into practice some of these things, the fight will go a lot better with us. You ever find yourselves fighting the same giant? We haven't ended it yet, have we? No. We, need to, we need to learn to end it, to finish it. So let us fight with him and for him. Okay? Not for our own, own victories, but we can be a witness to others. In our victories, we can help other people with victories. Amen. Our kind, dear Heavenly Father, we've entered here to worship You and to Amen. listen to Your Word and discuss Your Word. Now help us depart to serve and to fight our giants with Your help and the aid of Your Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.